and welcome to MMA Wreckage Radio. I am one half of your co-host, Randall Folks. My other half, Ben Fields, is over there doing something. But today we have an action-packed show for you. We are going to be talking to a couple of the opponents today on Cage Wars 40. That is Saturday, or sorry, Saturday, February 9th. Our first guest of the day is going to be Al Morrow. He is going to be taking on, uh, Corey, I forget his name. Corey Norman at Cage Wars Corey 40 Norman. for the That's 205 pound title. And then also, today we have Isaiah Sakiel. He's going to be taking on Rob Wagner for the middleweight title at Cage Wars 40. Now, Cage Wars 40 is going to be having every single title on the line. It's going to be a night of champions. It's going to be an amazing night. Saturday, February 9th. Don't miss it, guys. Also, to finish the show off, we're going to recap the amazing weekend that was UFC 232. Minus some craziness. It was also, it ended up being a great night of fights. Uh, but before we jump into all that, uh, Ben, let's talk about what ha- what you did for your New Year's. You went to that PFL event. How was that? Well, first off, man, some of you fans are fucking crazy. Oh, my God. Man, I think I'm still hungover. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we had the two fights I want to touch on out of that card. Um because we will be having two of the fighters on the show. To me, the knockout of the night came in the first fight of the evening and Lewis Taylor taking out Abus Magomedov in 33 seconds, I believe it was. I was sitting there and I was talking to this gentleman who, uh, Carlos, he'll be on the show in the future. He works for uh, a radio. Anyway, I'll let him tell his story. And we were kind of sitting there talking back and forth and I had like a like a Joe Rogan screaming octagon side moment because we're sitting there talking. Next thing I know, I'm standing up going, oh, he clipped him, he's out! <laughs> it was just, yeah, so great experience. And uh, as a as a father, it was really heartwarming for me to see his, uh, Taylor's wife and kids in the octagon, or uh, not the octagon, excuse me, in the decagon. You know, got to be all technical here. And to watch them, you know, receive that million-dollar check as a family was so heartwarming. And then we move on to, uh, you know, Steven Seiler, his fight. The kid showed heart. Um, and I'm really looking forward to having him on because he's another family man. And he went in there, uh, Lance Palmer outgrappled him for uh, five rounds. And it was a rough, a rough fight for him. But he is a comeback kid. And I think we will see him swing around and bring it back and... Uh, I really do look forward to seeing what's next out of him. Hopefully he'll return for PFL Season 2 and uh, work his way up for that that million-dollar prize. But other than that, man, I mean, it was a great night of fights. Um, The woman's 155 fight, I'm terrible with names, so I'm sorry, but the uh, the girl that won that fight. Kayla Harrison. That's uh, what I wanted to talk to you about. Now let me tell you something. How is she? Is she the real deal? Let me put this into perspective for you. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Ronda Rousey was a bronze Olympic... Uh, bronze medal Olympic judo, right? Yes. This woman holds two gold medals in Olympic judo. She's a two-time. She's a fucking animal, and I'm going to do everything I can to get her on the show because I am telling you right now, this woman is the future of women's mixed martial arts. Take that to the fucking bank. This woman is the future. But Yeah, I mean, she looked like the real deal. I mean, it, it only took her three minutes and 34 seconds. 
it only took her what a whole what ten seconds to get her to the mat. Oh, I know. I mean, it was just, slams that <laughs> it was so an amazing fight. Yeah. I mean, she, she threw her down, or she threatened the armbar for a second. It looked like the, the wrestling was, the grappling great. was choreographed. That's how fucking slick this girl is. All right, let me just she put that into her perspective. Out. I mean, it was just, it was an amazing fight, and she totally showed that she can stand with anybody that PFL has to offer. I definitely would like to see what she could do further. I just don't know. I mean, was she going to cut down to 45? I know that she has said before that she doesn't really like weight cuts, so we'll see how this was all going to play out. Well, I think this just leads into the push for the women's 155 division, and um, I, I hope we get women yeah, that Yeah, but they can barely market a 45. I know, but, like, you got girls like this in there that can be, like, the Ronda Rousey of that, you know, the, the upper weight classes of women's MMA. But I'm all for it. I'm yeah, all for me more too. weight classes everywhere. Me too. But... While we're talking about a bunch of fights and a bunch of weight classes, guys, Cage Wars 40 is shaping up to be one of the best cards of the year. And I know it's early in the year to say something like that, but let me tell you, they've got every title going on the line. Um, today we've got uh, you know one of the half of, or one half of the uh, 205 title fight, uh, both guys from the middleweight title fight, and uh, it's just going to be a great card. I can't stress that enough. Tim is putting on one of the best cards he's ever put together and it's going to be amazing cage wars 40 the night of champions tickets are still available uh, it's going to be happening at the rivers casino in schenectady new york tickets available at cagewarsny.com and if you can't make it you don't want to buy the ticket because you live on the other side of the country it's 14.99 pay-per-view on the website the link will be there like i said cagewarsny.com i but if I, you do buy a ticket, the doors open at 6, get there early because it is going to be a It is going to fill night. up. And you know what the other cool thing is, or the thing that's going to make you guys not want to go? I'll be there in the flesh. You can make fun of me. You can throw stuff at me. Well, I don't know about throwing stuff. They might kick you out of the arena. But at least you can make some nasty <laughs> jokes at me or something while we're there. Come on. come. If you don't come for the fights, come to make fun of me. All right? And then you'll enjoy some really good fights. And you'll meet some awesome fighters. Uh, because these guys we got on today... It's just a fraction of this stacked card, and you guys won't be disappointed if you spend that $15. It'll be the best $15 you've ever spent, and that's a promise. I know I'm going to. And not for nothing, but Tim is one of the best people ever. So, you know, that's just another reason to buy the card. But before I go ahead and stroke egos any more than I already have, Ladies and gentlemen, we're just going to throw this to our sponsors real quick, and we'll get this first interview underway. What's going on? This is Damon from Tell the Monster, and you're listening to Ben and Randall on MMA Wreckage Radio. I also want to let you know you can find all of our music streaming now on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere else music lives. Be sure to like us on Facebook at Tell the Monster. You have been awoken. Monsters with a story to tell And the only thing that's stopping us from ever succeeding Is the way we see ourselves and not ever believe Alright guys, at this time I would like to present the Postmaster, Alex Merrow. How are you doing today, Alex? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing pretty good, doing pretty good. So, you were telling us that you recently switched camps. Can you tell us all what happened with that situation? So it was uh, last year around this time, um, I got a message from Tim Rankins, the guy that runs Cage Wars, as we all know, uh, asking if I would like to fight who, someone that, who's a dear friend of mine now, uh, Tim Kroc. And my first response was, hey, 
uh, get in touch with my coach about that. And I had heard that he was cool with it. So I said, sure, make the fight happen. I got a uh, phone call from my coach and he said, hey, you know, we don't make fights without me, all that stuff. And I said, oh, okay, my fault. But it just kind of got like really different, you know, like I'm not going to go entirely into it because it's really personal between me. But but basically, uh, you know, we we argued a bit. Uh, he said I was being childish. I told him I was being, uh, that, uh, he was being childish. And, uh, he said, you know, if, if you want to do this, you're an independent. And, uh, I had known the guys that I'm with now, Utica Combat Athletics. They had been my, you know, a couple of the guys were my Greco coaches in high school. Uh, a couple of them were, you know, wrestling coaches that I wrestled against in high school. So I said, you know, I know these people and this means I can go back to like other gyms and open up. Cause they, you know, it was just weird. Like I, we couldn't train at other places. It was just kind of. Interesting. I really, really do not want to sound like I'm being a jerk. MVMMA is a great place to train. I still recommend people to go there. It's just I did not see the eye to eye, eye, to eye with the guy that ran it. I do now. I'm very cool with him. I think he's cool with me. Uh, but I'm I'm happy where I'm at. So that's Tell about, about a little more about where you're at right now. I'm at Utica Combat Athletics, and it's run by Mark Giordano, who uh, he's from New Hartford. He wrestled for New Hartford. He uh, he's also a brown belt. Uh, with, I believe, uh, uh, the Bomb Squad, uh, when he went to college, he worked with them. He's a brown belt under them. And for, uh, uh, real quick, not to interrupt, but for those of you that don't know and don't really know the upstate New York uh, scene, but your coach is actually a little bit of a wrestling legend in our area. But uh, go yes. ahead. Yeah, Mark uh, Mark went to state uh, to the state championship a couple times. You know, a couple other, the, the coaches. Uh, Jeremy, I, I really can't remember his last name, which kind of sucks, but he... Uh, but he coached at uh, New Hartford, and I actually wrestled against him. You know, some of my teammates are Jimmy Lorenzo and guys like that, who I wrestled in high school, who used to beat me in high school. So it's really cool to train with these guys, you know, because that's what I was missing. You know, uh, I wrestle in college, but a lot of people don't really understand. Uh, when I say people I wrestle in college, I can tell that story too. But um, I'm not the greatest wrestler on the planet. The farthest I ever went was fifth in sectionals, and that's just because I got lucky with the lad drop. Um, you know, but I'm training with all these great wrestlers now, you know, and, and it's just awesome because my wrestling's finally getting better. My grappling's getting better because that was my weakest aspect. I thought it was pretty good. But when I went to, uh, UCA, I'm sorry, I'm probably talking too fast, but, uh, <clears throat> when I went to UCA, great, <laughs> when I went to UCA, you know, I really realized my submission grappling was just not where it needed to be. You know, I basically had to start all over, and that's what I'm doing now. So I train at UCA. Then I uh, I go to college at SUNY Oneonta, so I'm wrestling. I actually, about a half hour ago, got back from a 28-hour bus trip from Florida for a tournament down there. So I'm I'm feeling it a bit. But then I train at uh, Oneonta Jiu-Jitsu Academy. Then I'll go down uh, to Evolution Grappling Academy down at Beacon every Sunday, and I'll do Muay Thai, and I'll do uh, – Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu under Mike Palladino, who's a monster. I mean, I mean the guy do, uh, the the guy broke Dylan Dennis's arm years ago. Yeah, and I, like these, these names, guys. I'm really, I wish you guys could understand. Like, these are some of the top names in our area and in the state. And that, yeah, you know, I wish I could express just how <laughs> stacked of a fucking team you have behind you. Yeah, you know, Matt Martindale's my good shout out to Oneonta Jiu-Jitsu, man. Like. 
I went in there last year and I just didn't have enough time. I'm a full-time student. I'm a, I'm a music major, which is weird because uh, everyone asks, oh, you're a music major, but you like to get punched in the mouth for whatever reason. <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, my, you know, my, uh, my main background is boxing though. I train at the den, which is a, uh, which is a boxing gym. It used to be the old Utica YMCA. And my coach is uh, Willie. His name was William the Flail when he boxed. He he was former light heavyweight Bill champion. Williamson, or Bill William or Wilson, excuse me. Yeah, Willie Wilson. You yeah. know, uh, the guy the guy's seventy two years old, still holding mitts, still like lightly spars with all of us. He's a monster. He used to be light heavyweight champ of the world at one point. Yeah. Has a win over has a win over Eddie Mustafa Muhammad, who's one of the best guys. He was Bob Foster's main sparring partner. You know, I have coach uh, Derek Brown who was Lennox Lewis's main sparring partner for years. It's just great because I'm finally starting to get back into it, uh, you know, just for a long time. You know, I know I'm going on 70 different directions, but I, I just I took two years off when I went to my first two years of school. Uh, I got I gained a lot of weight. I was about 200 pounds leaving my senior year of high school. I got to 272. I'm walking around about 228 right now. Um, you know, and I just, I stopped training and now I'm finally getting back to it. I'm finally motivated. You know, my last two or three fights, I was like, you know, I have finals to do. I have school to do. I have no time for this. But now, I, I finally, I finally, I'm enjoying it because I'm learning things again. You know, I haven't learned like new things in, in a long time, and I felt where I was, I just wasn't, and now I am again. And you know, I just feel like I'm back. You know, my last fight, I was unmotivated. I, I was depressed about a bunch of things. Now, you know, I'm not using excuses. I lost fair and square. I really did. Uh, but I just. You know, I'm just happy to get back in here. And, uh, you know, once again, jumping from thing to thing, I got a bit of a of a personal thing with this guy because he beat a dear friend of mine last fight, Nick Spencer. So I, I kind of want to want to get that. I was going to ask you about that. Um, yeah. I was there for that. And, you know, Nick Spencer is his He's name is Nick Yeah, is yeah. one of the best in the area. And, you know, real quick, uh, one of the thoughts I had when you were talking about, um, you know, Bill Wilson there is, He's one of the guys that, like, you tell the young kids in the in the boxing classes, you tell them, like, the scary stories around the campfire. You tell them his training stories. Yeah, uh, he's a I fucking did, I legend. I can tell you one. I started, oh, I started with him. I started one. I started with him when I was 10. Uh, you know, I've been doing I'm 21 now. I started with him when I was 10, so it's been 11 years, almost 12. I, um, you know, I remember going in there and I was 10 years old, but I was bigger. I was always a bigger kid. I mean, I, I, I had like peach fuzz and stuff on my face. <laughs> and so I remember for the first two years, he thought I was like 16, 17 years old. And uh, I was hitting mitts one day. I was just getting so frustrated. I was 11 or 12. And he's just like, you're 17, 18 years old. You're getting so frustrated. I said, coach, I'm 12. <laughs> and he's like that doesn't matter and he had me spar one of the pros in the gym at the time and i got my ass kicked but hey you know that's where i'm at now i guess you know it, that's really how I, it works you know in that gym he's such an old school type of guy i mean once again he he sparred with bob foster uh joe frazier a couple of times all those old guys you know so learning from him man when you go in there it's it's never you never get a break <laughs> until he says you're done for the day now, once you hear those words you can breathe <laughs> If he's if he ever listens to this interview, and I really hope he does, I just want to say this: thank you for everything you've contributed to combat sports in the upstate New York area and in New York as a whole state. Everything Absolutely. you've contributed, sir. 
thank you so much for everything you've done for the sport in our area. You're a legend, and I can't say thank you enough. But moving yeah. on, so Sorry. <laughs> Corey Norman. Now, Al, Al, how do yeah. you feel this fight with Corey Norman? How do you feel like it's going to play out? Um, I'm going to be honest. I, I don't know. I never know. I never have a set game plan. I, you know, I watch one thing about him. I've watched the fight with him and Nick a couple of times. I don't really, I don't go on my opponent's Facebook and stalk them. But, um, you know, that's just from an amateur boxing and wrestling standpoint. You know, you don't know who you're facing until you step in the ring or on the mat. So I don't really care. You know, I don't really study my guys all that much. I know I saw something on YouTube about him. He did an interview that uh, he started Greco when he was 15. His dad was a Greco wrestler, which is awesome because that's primarily my game. If I had to assume... I think he's going to try and confuse me and strike uh, and try and, and try and knock me out before he ties up with me. I don't know. Uh, I'll be prepared. I don't, I can't say if I'm going to knock him out. I can't say if I'm going to tap him out or we're both going to brawl to a decision. I, I really don't know. Uh, I think it'll be exciting. You know, um, that's, that's, that's really all I can say. I don't, I, I, I just don't see it. I don't see it going to the third round. You know, if I had to say, you know, because you have to be realistic, if I win, it'll probably be by a knockout just because I know when I smell blood in the water, I don't stop. And uh, and if he wins, I'd, I'd have to imagine it'd be by a grand out uh, submission or something. But, you know, we'll see how that goes. You know, I'm just being real with it. Uh, I hope that answers the questions <laughs> enough. I, I, I never really – normally I say I don't know. I'll put it this way. I – if I said I'd win, I'd be bragging. If I said I would lose, I'd be lying. I'll put it that way. So uh, if I got that correct, I've seen a second round knockout prediction for you. That's what you said. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's a if it's a prediction, <laughs> but I think if I'm going to win, it'll be that way. Because uh, you know, for all I know, I might catch him in a choke or or, or an armbar. I, I don't know. You know, every every single fight of mine's ended in the second round. So yeah, it has to end in the second round, I guess. <laughs> I now, haven't had one go. I haven't had one go past the second yet. So your nickname, the Postmaster. Usually, mm -hmm. there's a good story behind some of these nicknames. Is that the case with this? Uh, when I boxed, my name was the Music Man uh, because once again, I'm a music major. Music man. When when I fought. Um, Boxing around 15, that's when that name, my name used to be the uh, the alien blockbuster after uh, Rocky Marciano, but then it got changed to the music man, then the postmaster. And where that comes from, uh, my grandfather, unfortunately, lost his battle to cancer about two years ago now. Um, you know, our colors for my first fight was black, and Mike Tyson fought in all black to remember Custy Amato, so... I said, you know what? My grandfather was the post uh, was the postmaster for Ilian, so I'm going to don his name and honor him in the cage. So I did. I wore a shirt. Yeah, I, I made him a shirt years ago. I wear it to every single fight of mine. It's a strong strong will to live because they said, yeah, he's probably not going to make it much past three months, and he lived four years after that. So you know, uh, yeah, I, I carry that in with me. I, I I I carry his spirit in with me all the time, and I feel him. Uh, with me in that cage every time, whether I'm winning or losing, I, I feel him protecting me. Uh, you know, I'm not a very spiritual or religious guy, but I can I can feel I can feel something there. You know, so I, I donned his name and in, in, uh, memory and honor of him. So, so your toughness is definitely genetic. Then that is 
<laughs> for sure. Uh, you know, I'm very sorry for your loss. And uh, thank you. You know, so how do you plan on handling the uh, the grappling of your opponent, Corey Norman? He's you know no slouch on the mat. He submitted Nick Spencer, which you know you said a good friend of yours, and he is you know yes. as good as they come when it, in the grappling department. So how do you yes, plan on handling two and that? two submission victory? Yeah, you got so one rear naked choke and one arm triangle. No, uh, no yeah. pads for this fight. No leg pads. No, yeah, yeah I, I'm cool with that. Um, I, I can tell you what, I'm sure a lot of people have the blueprint with me because everyone's done it except for my second opponent, he, you know, which was cool. And I lost that way, which was, you know, once again, Tim Cronk, a dear friend of mine, was really the first person to ever clip me, uh, which still to this day surprises the shit out of me. I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but uh, oh, fuck, do whatever you want. We're, We're rated <laughs> But, you know, I, I just remember getting clipped. I'm like, that motherfucker got me. I've never been dropped before. But um, uh, so I everyone pressures me against the cage and they keep me there. And, you know, it's cool because I was just comfortable there. And then you start learning. Oh, wait, like my last fight, Yuri Pandroff. Oh, my God. When his when I found out his name was the Russian polar bear, I'm like, all right, so this guy's going to be tough. <laughs> and, and it just wound up, uh, you know, he grappled me. And, you know, I think that's what a lot of people see. They see me get out grappled. But the thing is, I never really transferred my, my wrestling to MMA all that well till now. That's all I'm doing. You know, I literally, when I wrestled this year, I mean, my guy's the number one guy in the nation, my, my captain. Uh, he, he won nationals two times in a row. He's a, he's a monster. You know, I tie up with him every single day and nobody has ever beat me that bad before. So. I think I'll be okay. You know, if I just do what I know I can do now, I mean, literally when I wrestle this year, I wrestle in an upward fighting stance and no one has scored a single leg or double leg on me yet. So, you know, and that's just pure grappling. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, how will I deal with it? I probably plan to just, you know, if he ties up with me, I'll show him that it's probably a bad idea. I, as much as, this probably sounds like me bragging a bit, but I'm not really weaker than most people I've tied up with. You know, even these monsters and uh, collegiate wrestling and even, you know, a couple of guys on my team who are just big, I have natural strength and I understand that. And when I get grips around you, it's it sucks. I, I, I make people uncomfortable. Uh, you know, I'm sure he's the same way. If he's a Greco guy, I'm sure his grip's unbelievable too. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes, I guess. Uh, my plan would probably be if he tied up with me to uh, – to to show them why that's not a good idea, I guess. <laughs> now refresh my memory. I believe you posted a rather funny story about a wrestling match you had recently on Facebook. <laughs> so <laughs> basically, uh, in college wrestling, it's completely different from high school and, and you know modified pee wee all that stuff. I started wrestling when I was fourteen years old, but in college wrestling. <laughs> You know, we club each other hard. You're basically throwing full-out punches right on the headgear, and I can tell you what, I've been warned at least every single match of my collegiate career, if not gotten a point taken away for being unnecessarily rough. Uh, you hit hard. And this guy, I'm cool with you hitting me hard on the mat, but if you punch me, which he did, he came over with, uh, with the overhand and flat-out chin-checked me. He went for a single leg, I stuffed it, and then I put him in a guillotine choke. Uh, I lost sight of the match because I lost my temper because, which normally never happens, but you know, he punched me on a wrestling mat, which it was like, you know, what the fuck? So I, uh, I basically <laughs> choked him out. 
So he got me with a trip. And even when uh, I got pinned, the ref was like, let go. And I didn't until uh, until I heard I heard him gurgling for air. So so I just yeah, I, I you know, I, I wanted him out cold. You know, he was just, you know, he, he was uh, I was a better wrestler, but I didn't care. I, I was happy. I kind of, you know, don't do that. <laughs> That's all. You lost the battle, but you won the war type of deal. <laughs> I say so. You know, I, I was up I was up five nothing at that point in the match. You know, I probably could have thrown him and pinned him. I was you know, I was really working the guy. And then he did that and I said, You know what? I'm cool with losing. I drove all the way out to Florida. I'm gonna have a good time at a hotel later. You know, I think I think I'm good. <laughs> so so I choked him out. <laughs> so I have a name I just wanna mention to you real quick. Um Local name, some of the fans that aren't from the area probably aren't going to recognize him, but Chris Webster is a wrestler out of Adirondack Central High School. Yes, uh, sir. If, yeah, he is fucking, he's an animal. Is he fighting though? He is not yet. He oh, wants man. to. He wanted me to make sure that I told you that you kick ass and he said he's rooting for you. <laughs> Dude, so, I, lo- I love Chris Webster. I haven't seen him. He graduated either a year before me or a year after. I can't. He was around my time. Oh, I you're believe. thinking of his older brother, Pat. Pat, Pat yeah. his younger brother Chris is graduating this year. They're both fucking amazing. They both still hold records in that high school. I know, and, you know, you know, you got a bunch of guys that you know the Span brothers like oh, Tyler. Tyler I graduated with Tyler. He's a fucking. Did beast. you really? Yeah, used awesome. to sit by him every day on the Bosey's bus. Him and his buddy Vic were fucking hysterical. But just you know, another um, animal that came out of that school. Dave Marfone's another name. He's Dave is actually my cousin. Yeah, yep. No way. Yeah, yes, Dave. You know, Dave's right out of that around that guy. I think he won states once, if not took third. I, I can't remember. Yes, I believe but, he did. But Dave was a great guy. He was out of Adirondack. You know, you know the McKenna brothers uh, yep. from New Hartford. Those guys. I know Kellen fought uh, once or twice. I think he's one and one. Uh, you know, I, I, t- I tell all my wrestling friends. I said, well, you know, it's two different types of grappling because you know I think Kellen even got caught with a with a triangle choke, but he was wrestling the he was wrestling this guy into the mat. The guy didn't know what to do, but he caught him in a triangle. But, you know, uh, there's a bunch of guys, you know, that I went to high school with that, I, you know, they're either wrestling D1 or high up, you know, Nationals D3. And you just want to look at them and be like, man, if they put on gloves, I'm just going to retire now. <laughs> Call it a day because, man, some of those guys are good. Like, uh, do you remember the, uh, anyone by the last name of Cook? Yeah. There's like like Lake Landry. Yeah. yeah, Lakeland, Landry, Tanner, Case, Kai, Six, like all of those guys, you know, they're yeah. they're they're crazy. Uh, Lakeland's wrestling for Appalachian State right now, which is a Division One college. He's the number he's the number seven guy in the country, I believe. You know, Landry, I think I I really I haven't talked to him in a while, but he graduated with me. Now that's a kid. If he if he did MMA, oh my God, I can't imagine. You know, any of those guys. Tanner might wrestle for uh, Cornell next year. You know, those guys were my best friends. They grew up down the street from me. So, you know, I I always got my ass kicked when I got into the sport of wrestling. So, <laughs> so that's why I'm so tough now. I, I you know I get I get taken down. I just get right back up and truck. But I'm sorry, I kind of got off topic. My fault. <laughs> oh no, it's good. Now so you're fine. Real quick, um, yeah. we, we don't have your opponent on. We were trying to book him tonight. Some things did come up, so we weren't able to get that. Lockdown. Sure. We will have him here in the future. Is there anything sure. you would like to say to him? I know you said you know you don't like to disrespect or anything like that, but well, I don't. You know, and he seems like a cool guy too. You know, I worked Cage Wars last time. Uh, I, I took all the weights down and wrote all their 
and I worked security for cage side and stuff, you know, and I talked to him. He's not a bad guy. You know, obviously, I mean, another thing, if I had to say one thing to him is that I respect him, you know, uh, I read his interview and he fought one time. I think he said in like 2010, I don't know how old the guy is. I think he's like 10 years older than I am even, but he, uh, you know, he went to Buffalo University, I believe, and he basically fought to pay off a textbook, which I, I can relate to entirely. I had to take out loans to pay textbooks this year. So if you're going to say anything to him, say, I respect the shit out of that because just to get punched in the face to, to learn to learn uh, whatever he went to school for, I respect that. But uh, other than that, fighting-wise, give me a good time. That's, that's what I'll tell him. Give me a good time. <laughs> All right. And real quick, I don't know if, uh, you know, we usually would like to give you an opportunity to say, uh, you know, give shout outs to your sponsors or family members, coaches, or anybody that supports you in your MMA journey. Uh, so do you have anybody that you wanted to give any shout outs to? Uh, you know, I'm going to give a shout out to, to someone who's been backing me since the very beginning. You know, obviously my parents, I always say my, you know, my parents support me with this, even though they're scared of it all the time. My dad is a, is a corrections officer and his, uh, Nyscoba is the company he works for, and they've sponsored me a couple times. They bought tickets. You know, I, I always walk out with uh, Nyscoba emblem on because that's how I was raised. You know, I was raised to, to always try and be on a straightened path, and that's why I, I'm so blessed now. You know, I have a 3.8 GPA in college. I'm going to graduate this semester. I got an awesome internship for the that's summer. Awesome. I, you know, I, you know, I... I have an awesome family. I love them all very much. You know, it's just, it's awesome. You know, a lot of people didn't have that, uh, you know, and, you know, still don't, and it sucks. Um, so I, I want to thank Nyscoba for always being there. Uh, you know, if they're, I, they're not an official sponsor, but, you know, thanks for sponsoring me. And then uh, I probably have to give another shout-out to all my coaches, Matt Martindale with uh, OJJ, and then uh, Mark Giordano and everyone else at Utica Combat. And, of course, you know, uh, everyone down at Evolution Grappling Academy, you know, I'm technically not even like an official member down there, but they always call and ask me how I'm doing. They always send me videos and stuff saying, hey, maybe try working on this. And then, of course, you know, really a, a second father, uh, Willie Wilson, you know, I've been working with him since I was 10. So uh, he probably he doesn't like technology too much, so he probably won't listen to this. But, you know, I want to thank him if I'm going to thank anybody. You know, if it wasn't for that guy, I, I'd probably I'd probably be you know, in a bad run right now. So I, I want to give thanks to that guy. So, and thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, man. Thank <laughs> you. Well, and, uh, just, you know, the whole college thing and the MMA thing, I just want to say as a person, I'm proud of you for everything you're doing. And as a fan, I'm really totally. looking forward to this fight. Oh, I'm thank really you. looking forward to it. This is going to be a great <laughs> card. Guys, it's going to be available. Yeah, you know, United Champions, February 9th. Rivers Casino, you know, it's cool. Uh, it's another off story. I actually played the opening ceremony of that place. I went to I went to college down the street, and I was in the jazz band of my college, and we played at uh, we played an opening for that. So I love playing there. It's right down the street of my alma mater. So that's going to be cool. All right. <laughs> Don't forget, guys. Buddies there. What's that? Will you have some of your college friends there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. A couple of them come. My professor came last time and surprised the hell out of me. He said, oh, I was on the floor and I saw that you were fighting, so I came in. I said, okay. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, hey, man, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy schedule to uh, do this interview for us. And we Anytime, really appreciate man. it, man. So don't forget, guys, Cage Wars 40, February 9th. We got the light heavyweight title on the line.
And once again, man, thank you for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, Al Morrow. Hey, what's happening, everyone? This is Dave Manley from MMA Bobblehead, and you're tuned in to MMA Wreckage Radio. All right, guys, joining us today, and I'd be lying if I said I wasn't really excited for this interview. This kid, I've heard a lot of talk about him. I'm calling him a kid. He's older than me. I've just The people are talking so much about this kid. He's a fucking amazing fighter. All right, he's on a three-fight win streak, and he's just he's in there knocking people out left and right. And um, I can't say names, but people have been telling me he is the next big thing to come out of the state of New York. So joining us today is Isaiah Sacchiel. How are you doing today, sir? Good. How are you? I'm phenomenal, man. Really excited for this. So we've got the title on the line. You're going up against Rob Wagner. He's undefeated, and he is a veteran. Yes, uh, sir. So what are your, what is your opinion on Rob Wagner as an opponent? Um, he's gonna be tough. I, I know that for a fact. When uh when Tim offered me the fight, I was actually super excited because I'm like, this is gonna be a really good challenge for me. Because like you said, he's undefeated. I think he's coming down from heavyweight, so he's gonna be a bigger guy. He's yeah. A solid. He's a solid wrestler. I know he has a lot of good pressure. So I'm really excited for the fight. Now, that now is... are you a natural middleweight? Am I a natural middleweight? Yeah. No, I'm not natural. Uh, welterweight. Okay. So you're stepping up to middleweight now to take on this fight. Yes, sir. And how is that? Uh, are you gaining weight? You're gaining muscle. How is that all working out? Honestly, it's muscle coming down to my strength training. I'm lifting heavier, um, so, you know, trying to be as strong as possible. But my weight's pretty much still the same. Um, I'm walking around around 200 pounds, so it's still relatively the same. But you know, I'm just really working on my strength more than anything else. No. Okay, and how do you see that playing out in the middleweight division? Do you see that power getting better for you since you're not training weight? I think that it'll definitely, my power will definitely translate well um, going up. I think a lot of guys, um, I mean, Rob, he definitely has some fat on him. So, you know, he's not a natural heavyweight. So I think that 185 is probably more his natural weight class. I don't think he's going to be too much bigger than me. So I don't, I don't think there's going to be too much of a discrepancy of, you know, the guys, you know, like, UFC guys like, you know, Luke Rockhold and Yo Romero who are like a solid 220 walking around. I don't think there's going to be too much of a strength gap between me and him. And now, like I said earlier uh, in the intro, you're on an absolute tear. Uh, your first time out was your only loss so far. You lost by split decision in a fight that I personally had you winning. Uh, can we get some comments from you about what you did to turn that around and put yourself on this win streak? You know, I just went back and kind of, I tried to reevaluate my whole game. Um, that loss, it came, I think I was too relaxed and I was letting him control me a little bit too much against the fence and on the ground. And I was kind of, because he wasn't really doing anything to me. So I was kind of sitting back too much and, you know, being patient. So definitely from there, as you know, I try to push the pace as much as possible and try to make guys uncomfortable and try to, you know, get them on their back foot. And, uh, your last time out, you took out a very game Jake Davis, in my opinion, of what was the knockout of the night. Uh, talk us through the first two rounds of that fight, if you could. You know, before that fight started, we had a little bit of a delay, unfortunately. Um, something happened, and there was about an hour intermission. So going into the first round, I was super like, relaxed. Like I didn't really warm up too much. I was super calm. And we traded kicks, uh, a couple of kicks. And he caught me with a good uh, front kick that kind of like woke me up. And from there on, you know, I kind of tried to push the pace. We did a lot of uh, work against the fence because I know that's where he likes to be, but I knew I was going to be stronger than him, so I knew I was going to put the pressure on him and make him, make him uncomfortable because I know that's his game. So once I took that away from him, I knew I was in control. 
And um, now, how do you plan to use your pressure? Because that is one thing I've noticed about you. You you like to march forward, and not, not exactly search for the finish, but you know you know it's there when it is there. Um, what is one thing that you you know you know when you go to charge in for that finish uh, when you see it? Because I've noticed that before. You've had guys yeah, you hurt, like... and you, you didn't mm-hmm. quite engage and go for it, and uh, mm-hmm. then you, you found that key opportunity and went in there and just took them out. Uh, how do you mm-hmm. know when is that, that exact moment? You know, a lot of guys, you know, they might take a punch and they might feel it, but it's just one punch. So they're not really, you know, they're not too hurt. They're not too dazed. But if you can, you know, hit them with five, six, seven shots and they feel it, then you know you got them. So if I can hit you and I know you got, I got you hurt, it's just a matter of time. I don't have to rush it. I know I can hurt you. So from there, it's just picking the shots and being smart. And I know I'm just keep rolling with these questions here. I'm sorry for that. Um, but what, where do you train from? I've got your tapology page here in front of me, and I don't see a gym listed. I actually have two uh, gyms I train at. I have a gym here in Middletown where I live. It's just like a small spot where me and a couple guys and my main training partner, John DiLorenzo, we train together. And then I go in, up into Beacon um, to do my jiu-jitsu at Evolution Grappling Academy. My uh, head coach, Mike Palladino, there, he does my jiu-jitsu for me. Now, how much do the rankings mean to you here? Uh, because Tapology has you ranked number six in the uh, New York State at middleweight and number twelve at uh, welterweight. I yeah. mean, honestly, for me, it's it's something cool. Um, it's cool to see that, but you know, it's amateur. You know, the it counts. You know, when you tell me I'm number six in the world professional, that's you know, that's when it really matters. But I mean, it's definitely an honor that they they feel like my skill is there. But you know, it's just an amateur ranking. So at the end of the day, it's not the end of the world. And, um, Where do you see yourself uh, performing in later? What division? Welterweight, middleweight? Do you know? In terms of like professional? Yes. Definitely welterweight. Definitely welterweight. And, um, and then do you feel like you can perform with those guys right now? That's what I was going to ask, yeah. The, wel- the, the pro welterweight? Yes. Um, definitely. Definitely some of the, the pro welterweights, I can definitely hang with them, without a doubt. Now, when do you plan on going pro? That, you know what, it, this fight will say a lot for me because I know that Rob is going to put up a good challenge and depending on, you know, even if I don't win the fight, depending on how I perform and, you know, how the fight goes, that'll say a lot about, you know, when to make that jump because I feel like, honestly, nobody's really pushed me too hard yet, so I don't really know, you know, when the going gets tough, how am I going to respond? And I don't want to, you know, figure that out when it counts. <laughs> And I'm seeing a lot of canceled bouts here. My goodness. Uh, can you give us some of the reasons? Is it just like a fear thing or just guys getting sick um, or what? A lot of them are, honestly, they were bad. Uh, they were bad venues. Um, one in particular uh, was two years ago. I think I was supposed to fight a guy named Ben Horton. And the commission wouldn't allow us to do MMA because how the cage was set up, it was too high. And literally, if I reach my hand up i could touch the ceiling of the roof above me so they wouldn't sanction um mma fights that day only kickboxing matches and he didn't want to kickbox so that bout got canceled um one of them was an injury on my part so you know i had uh hurt my ankle so that was one of the cancellations but you know nothing crazy now which cancellation was that if you don't mind my asking uh that was uh, kickboxing match. I forget the guy's name. I was supposed uh, to go against Mike. Uh, oh, Mike Nisa. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Now, from your first amateur fight, you, you know, mm-hmm. that loss in the fight that, like I said, I had you winning, you took that uh, mm-hmm. just about three years off. Mm-hmm. What did you do in those three years? Honestly, I was just training. Um, I kind of set my focus on, you know, like regular life things, you know, working, things like that. And I was just training, not, you know, not taking any fights, just kind of trying to bring up all the holes that I felt were in my game. And then once I felt that was good, you know, and everything was kind of up to par where I wanted to be, that's when I decided to hop back in. And man, you can't. What do you do in your personal hard. life? Uh, what was that you said? What do you do in your personal life? In my personal life, like every day or while I was taking that break. Well, you were taking that break. Nothing, just just working, you know, um, a little bit of school, things like that. But I just, I wasn't, I didn't feel comfortable. Fighting, I guess. I feel like I, said, I felt like there were things that you know I needed to take care of, in terms of you know fixing this, fixing that. I'm very big on you know preparation and being prepared. And if I don't yeah. feel like I'm prepared, then I you know I'm not gonna jump on an opportunity if I'm not ready. So it's kind of just sharpening your knife. Exactly. So we can find your fights on YouTube, and while not to piggyback off of Randall's idea here, but. What are, what are you like outside of that cage? Because, God, I don't want to know what you're like inside of it. Outside, super laid-back guy. I mean, honestly, when people are, find out that, you know, I do MMA, they're surprised because, you know, I've never been in a fight. I don't get in arguments. I'm pretty level-headed, you know. I let a lot of things roll off my shoulder. So I'm, I'm a pretty relaxed guy. I like to joke around, laugh, you know, just enjoy myself. Nothing, you know. I'm no bully, you know, anything like that. So what – how do you – compose yourself to to be like you know that normal you know calm cool and collective and what exactly is it that brings out this animal in the cage you know honestly to me i a lot of people they look at fighting as they look at mma i should say as fighting and i look at it as a sport you know when i'm in there who whoever i'm fighting i'm not trying to hurt you i'm just trying to win the fight so for me it's you know if i see an opening I want to get in there and get in and out as fast as possible because I don't want to get hurt because I know you're trying to hurt me just like I'm trying to hurt you. So for me, it's a, it's a chess match. And if I see you make a move that I can exploit, I'm going to exploit it over and over and over and over again until the fight's done. And then after that, you know, we're, we can be friends, you know, cool, everything's fine. But in there, it's just, it's just all business. And do you have a prediction for how this fight's going to end, your upcoming <laughs> fight in February? I have. I don't have a prediction. I predict that it's going to be a very good fight. I'm predicting it's going to be fight of the night. But I won't give a. I won't give an ending prediction. But I. It'll definitely be fight of the night. And uh, next on our show, we do have your opponent Rob Wagner joining us. Is there anything you'd like to say to him? Uh, I say I hope he's training hard. You know, I'm, I'm looking for the best out of him. Uh, I'm going to bring my best, and good luck to him. All right. And uh, at this point, we usually like to just you know give you an opportunity to share your love to your sponsors, coaches, or family members that are supporting you through your uh, MMA journey. Uh, so is there anybody out there that you'd love to give any shout-outs to? Yeah, definitely. I want to give a shout-out to my main training partner, John DiLorenzo. I've been training with him since I was 15 years old. He's with me at every fight. He's been with me with Thick and Thin. We've traveled the world together, trained all over the world together. He's definitely my number one guy. Uh, I'll give a shout-out to my head coach, Gino Terranova, who's taught me everything I know. And I want to give a shout-out to all the guys up in Beacon at Evolution Grappling Academy, especially to my jiu-jitsu coach, Mike Palladino. He's a great guy, great coach. If anybody comes in the Beacon area, they should go check him out. Um, yeah, that's it.
All right, man. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Um, and one last yeah, thing. Yeah, no problem. Where can we find you on social media for anybody that's listening now? Um, I don't really do too much of uh, Facebook, but on Instagram, it's Isaiah J seventeen. So just first name J A Y seventeen on Instagram. All right. Well, hey, man. I really look forward to watching this fight. I know it's going to be a much. banger, man. So thank you Definitely. for your time. No problem. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, Isaiah Sakiel. And joining us now is our last guest opponent. This guy is a veteran of the New York's uh, amateur circuit, guys. He is also, I believe, a uh, combat veteran as well, so we'd like to thank him right now for his service. He is undefeated at 9-0. This guy's a fucking beast. Welcome, Rob Wagner. Hey, how's it going? Um, actually, I'm not a combat veteran. I, oh, I, I no, hate I'm to sorry. take that accolade. I w- you know, those guys work hard, and there's no way I could take that kind of... Uh, compliment but no i'm not <laughs> combat sports veteran then how about we'll, yeah, we'll fix that there it is. we'll curve it to the right combat sports all right so <laughs> now we talked about this for just a second tapology actually has made a mistake with your record they have you listed uh-huh. at seven and oh um just kind yeah. of re-explain for the fans what you said to us off the air there about why that is uh all fucked up there yeah so i'm actually nine and oh right now i had uh one fight for um Spirit FC for the 185 title that that was their last show they ever did. So the promoter never actually got around to putting it in Tapology. And then I fought in the last man standing tournament for XCP. I won my first round fight, but due to injury, I couldn't go to the finals. So they never bothered to put that fight in there either. So I'm actually 9-0. I got two fights that... You know, and, and Tapology has a lot of requirements for you to get that fight in there. One is you need, they need to hear the name of the opponent, which I have video of all my fights, but those two fights, they introduce you as, at the walk-in, and they don't introduce you in the cage. So I didn't get, I can't, you know, you don't have a name of each opponent on there. So, you know, I'm stuck with 7-0. and 0. Now, out of the seven that top, uh, Tapology has listed, we've only seen one decision. Is that still the case? Um, there's actually two decisions. Two decisions, yes. In my last man standing fight, I, I didn't finish the guy. We just we went the distance. But that's still impressive. You know, seven out of nine, and those are finishes uh, ranging from different submissions to knockouts and all over different rounds. And Yes. How do you stay as sharp as you are? Um... I I take a lot of rest, you know. I don't really, you know, I work a full-time job, 12-hour shift, swing shift work, so, and I got a family, so this is pretty much just a hobby. You know, I don't put too much pressure on myself. You know, I like to win. I like to compete. You know, I work hard, but, like, I, I know when it's time to take a break. You know, I'm 41 now, so I've already done, I've already overextended myself, and I've, you know, killed myself. Now I've kind of figured my body out, and I know, hey, you know, i got to back off a little bit. Or I know when it's time to go as hard as I possibly can. So, you know, that's it. And I got good training partners. You know, that, that, that counts for a lot. Now, looking at the picture here that Tapology has of you, I can justify, you know, the nickname that I've heard people call you a man made of gold. I'm looking at all <laughs> these friggin' belts, man. Talk to us about how you accumulated all of those. So, actually, you know, I had one fight in, in, um, at 185, and then I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to drop to 70, which was is almost impossible for me. I, I just can't do it. But uh, And then I got hurt. 
so I was out of the 70 fight that I was supposed to fight in Syracuse, but the promoter, John Gibbons, said, hey, you know, you want to fight for the title at 185? My second fight, I'm like, okay, you know, my 99-1 to 1 underdog, I guess, Tapology had me. And then I stopped him in the first round. And then after that, I just, you know, I wouldn't take anything besides a title fight, and I just keep winning. I don't know. You know, I just get lucky, and, you know, I'm good at figuring things out. Like, when I'm in there, I think I've got a good fight IQ. How do you feel with this Isaiah Shaky fight coming up? How do you feel like that's coming to play out? <laughs> uh, uh, I'm regretting taking it, to be honest. He's a monster, but... uh you know, I'm looking forward to the challenge, and, you know, hopefully I can figure that out. But, I mean, the kid's a killer. I mean, he's he's well-rounded. He's he's really good, really good. It's 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 a tough task. It's definitely a tough task. But, you know, I, I tell people, you know, that I, I think I'm the best fighter, I mean, in a round. I mean, there's not a lot of fighters that have fought 85 titles. I got cruiserweight titles. I got heavyweight titles. I mean, Who's doing that? I'm, you know, I'm 5'9". I jumped up and fought a heavyweight in one. I mean, there's that not a lot was, of people doing that. Yeah, that was Where something you I was talking at? about. Where do I feel I'm best at? I think I'm best at 85. I think I so move faster. Yes, yeah, I'm coming back home, basically. This is where I think I move better. I'm faster. I got more air. I think my punches are sharper. And, I mean, Sack yells two inches taller than me, so, you know, most of my opponents are like 6'5", 6'2", 6'3". It's going to be a nice change to actually fight someone almost my size. I mean, he's still bigger. (laughs) This is one of my favorite fights on the card, out of the ones that have been announced so far. Cage Wars 40 Night of Champions, guys. Tim, hats off to you, brother. You're putting on one hell of a fucking card. And this is, I know we have super heavyweights on the card, and this is, you know, in my opinion, this is probably going to be the knockout of the night fight. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's going to be. It's going to be fucking amazing. We've got, like I said, you've been all over different weight classes. You know, held your own at heavyweight, you know, cruiserweight, and 205 as well, I believe. And, yeah. you know, middleweight. And this guy yep. is an up-and-coming animal. Now, how do you plan on dealing with the hands and the pressure that this guy brings? Well, you know, I'm not... That's the thing. I mean, I'm a pressure fighter, too. I don't like to – I'm not going to stand back and give him the range. You know, I'm going to go right after him. And, I mean, that's no secret. If you watch all my fights, we touch gloves, I go forward. You know, I'll take a lot to get a little, and then, you know, I'm just going to keep coming and coming, and he's either going to knock me out or I'm going to win or, you know, that's just the way it's going to go, I guess. <laughs> but I'm coming forward like I always do. And killer be killed. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Now you told me you were getting older, correct? Now, how old are you? I am forty-one. I will be forty-two in April. Yeah. So that was uh, one of the things we touched on off-air. You know, with get, getting up there in age for an MMA fighter. Do you plan on going pro? Oh, absolutely not. This is just this is something I do for fun. This is like you know my equivalent of being in a dart league or playing softball or being on a bowling team. You know. Holy shit. I, I, <laughs> I like to compete. <laughs> I like to compete. You know, I'm a competitor. I, I, I love it. I, I, I love the nerves. I love the thrill of it. I love the pain of it. It's, it's, it's all good. It's just fun. I'm just still blown away by. All right, so yeah, you, you know what? You like to go out and enjoy a couple beers. 
and you like to sit down and you know shoot pool and whatever, and that's what you do. Now this guy goes and gets beat up for fun and beats the shit out of people. <laughs> back. That's amazing. I can't believe that. That's awesome. That is the yeah, of the year, and we're just the... getting started here, folks. Oh my god. <laughs> Best time you can have without going to jail, right? Oh, my God. It's exactly. legalized assault, yeah. Now, talk to us <laughs> about your gym. Uh, what camp do you train out of? So, <laughs> I actually, I train with my, I got a good friend, uh, Kyle Burns, who's my coach and training partner. He was actually, you know, before he stopped fighting, and he's starting to get back into it again right now. He's getting ready for a fight. Um, he was number one in the East Coast and New York State and everything else at 185. And uh, he's my coach training partner, and it's just him and I for the most part. We go down to Watertown and train with the uh, American top team, Watertown, and we train with Alan Harrell. I was just you know, going to bring him me up, up a lot. Yeah. yeah, he's my brother. And basically, you know, we've, we've been training since Duquette submission fighting together, so I've known Alan for a long time. And been beaten up by him for quite a long time. <laughs> and for those of you that don't remember, Alan has joined us. He uh, did the breakdown on the 232 card, and he also uh, joined us for uh, a couple interviews as well and will be joining us later in the future. Talk to us about some of the things that Alan brings to the table as a coach and a training partner. Ah, oh, pressure. Nothing but pressure. I mean, when you're sparring with Alan, it's, you're in a fight. I mean, I've already made the joke that, yeah, I'm probably going to spar with Alan probably four times before this fight, and it'll be basically four fights before the real fight. I mean, he he goes. He's like me. He just goes forward and starts swinging. Whatever happens, happens. Now, see, here's the thing. When I went up there and I did the makeup and all that shit with Haley, I threw on the big body pad and the leg pad and let Alan throw a couple of kicks. Yeah. And like the spinning back kicks that he was throwing were so hard that they were sending my glasses clean off my fucking face. Like yeah. <laughs> a good ten, you know, ten inches <laughs> off my face and. Oh, uh, what, so, so the last time I sparred with him, he hit me so hard in the nose, it detached the, it detached the cartilage from the bone, and I had a fight the next weekend. <laughs> that was my first heavyweight fight. That was, the, that was my XCP heavyweight title fight. <laughs> I'm and lucky I got that kid out of there fast. For those and, of you wondering, that one ended, uh, let's see, that was by way of knockout in the second round, so that nose injury yeah. really didn't bother you too much, huh? No, he didn't really hit me much. I, I haven't actually been hit a lot. <laughs> I mean, I think the worst fight I ever had was the one I fought for the Warrior Fight League title, and I had a concussion for like a month after that fight. I don't even remember fighting after the first round like i woke up in the middle of the third round on top of the kid and i'm like what what what's going on here now and at that fight oh go ahead oh no sorry. you can fin finish your thought i'm sorry i was gonna say at that fight um there was two pro fights at the end and dan mergulata 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 yeah he was there refing i'm walking around at the end of the night and he came up to me and told me that was a great fight i was like i wish i could remember it <laughs> but like he shook my hand and he's like man you two went at it and i'm like oh sounds like a good fight i wish i could remember what happened <laughs> so that was probably my best fight and see that was summertime too so like at that point that's tan dan the man mergliata like six yeah he was <laughs> yeah see i saw the if you go on my facebook page there's a nice picture of us together yeah, I got to see Dan over the uh, over the weekend, or not the weekend, excuse uh -huh. me, making that mistake. I got to catch up with him again at the PFL fight in New York City. It was a great time. Dan, it's always mm -hmm. a pleasure to see you, man. 
I look forward to seeing you again, hopefully in the future. But let's uh, go back to the real discussion here. Yep. Your last time out at Cage Wars, you went in there and you uh-huh. got an arm triangle submission. Now, where do you train your jujitsu at? Uh, I well, I trained. I started with uh, Duquette's Mission Fighting in Nickelville. Sonny Duquette was my trainer, and then I trained with uh, American Killer B, Sheldon Cole. And now, I, I I train when I can, but I don't train that often. For like grappling, my grappling is it is what it is. I mean, for this camp, I got to get a lot serious than I've been because this kid's just a monster. But I mean, I don't really like. like I said I'm a family man. I have you know we have three kids. I have a fiance. I work twelve hour rotating shift. I don't really get to train that often. Now, what is it that you do for a living? If uh, if you don't mind, um, I work at uh, I work at the Corning Incorporated plant in Can. Making high purity glass. Oh, very nice. Now, so, you know, you have a lot of uh, different fighting uh, organizations that you've called home over the past, you know, couple of years of your fighting career. Is Cage Wars uh-huh. going to be the permanent home for you? Well, I, I definitely like the way Slim takes care of us. I mean, he, it's it's nice. I like the I like, especially now in the casino. And nice rooms. I mean, it, it, it's nice. I like that. You know, for most of the other, you know, most other organizations, other than John Gibbons with Victory MMA, who's been very good to me. I mean, like a lot of the other organizations, you know, you got to get your own room, and you know, there's nothing. You just get the belt, and that's See? it. You know, it's kind of so. I mean, I like the way Slim takes care of us. It's, it's nice. Yeah, I've, I met Tim at. Uh... 39 back in November and already one of my favorite people ever. He's just a he, yep. he really loyal person and he doesn't mind, yep. you know, one hand washes the other type of deal. And I like that about him. And yep. uh, so real quick, uh, before we wrap things up, I want to give you the opportunity to kind of say anything you'd like to say to Isaiah. Yeah. I mean, I'll see you on the, the, the eighth at Williams. I mean, good luck, train hard and I hope you don't get hurt. And I hope, you know, you have a good camp. I mean, he was very respectful. I will be the same. I've never been, I've never disrespected my opponents because you don't know what's going to happen in there, you know. So I, I, I've never been one to say, yeah, this is going to happen and that's going to happen, and then you lose, you know. Stay humble, you know. Stay modest, you know. Put your head down, work hard, and you know, good things happen. So, you know, the best of luck to him, and I look forward to our our competition. Man, every time. You've come back with an answer. You've just given us more of a reason to respect you. I love that about you. <laughs> and uh, Well, thank you. <laughs> is there any uh, coaches, family members, or anything like that uh, that you'd like to give any shout-outs to? Oh, absolutely. First, got to give a you know, shout-out to my coach, Kyle Burns. I mean, without him, I, I, I wouldn't be successful. Um, Rick Huntsman of American Top Team has always been there. He's a... Uh, He's always got my back. I appreciate him a lot. Alan Harrell, I'll be seeing him next week. He'll be punching me in the face. Hopefully he takes it easy on me. Uh, my fiance, Katie Helmer, she puts up with I mean, she, this is a big weight cut. She's gonna she's gonna be putting up with a lot this <laughs> this run. And yeah, uh, you know where are you at right now? Ah, uh, you know, I'm like two ish right now, you know. I'm I'm oh, I'm within God. shooting. Oh yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not so bad, you know. It's hey, just gonna be yeah, you know, I'm uh it's it's just I got to give up cookies and 
you know, all the good stuff, pizza, everything that I, you know, as a heavyweight, you get to enjoy. You know, now I just got to watch the kids eat them, and I'll just be sitting there sucking on a celery stick or something, and right. you know, wishing I was dead sometimes. But you know, that's part of the challenge. I've got huh? my celery stalk. I've dipped it in water. Don't worry, I'm just going to smell it and throw it in the garbage. <laughs> that's right. You know, it's uh, that that that's part of the that that's one of the reasons why I wanted to go to 85 is because I I just want the challenge. You know, going back. It, it just makes it even harder, you know. I got I got the toughest opponent I think out of everybody, and you know I've got to beat this weight. So I mean, it's exciting, you know. It's going to be tough, but like I got goosebumps thinking talking to you about it right now, thinking about how hard it's going to be. So I'm looking forward to it. And that's why I think this is going to be, you know, one of the be- the best fights on the card. And there's a lot of great oh, fights. And that's why that's such a a huge statement to say that is because. All the experience you bring and all the potential that your opponent has, it, mm-hmm. only one guy can leave with a title. And that's what yeah. makes this yeah. so amazing. It's just, holy shit. The only thing I could say when that fight, when this fight was announced, guys, and, and I forgot to give you the opportunity. Do you have any sponsors you wanted to share any love with? or share any love I with? absolutely have no sponsors, which is sad, but I don't. <laughs> we got you, man. MMA Records <laughs> Radio, the official podcast. We'll get it going. <laughs> but hey man seriously uh thank you for your time we really appreciate oh, hey, no it. problem man and uh we look forward to seeing this fight really um for those of you guys that don't know we're going to say it again uh tickets in the pay-per-view will all be available on cage wars new york or cage wars ny.com excuse me uh the pay-per-view is only gonna be 14.99 so that's not too bad i mean if you guys can't afford 14.99 eh, you probably should get some friends together it's gonna right, be man. hot it's gonna be a really right. good card wait till the whole thing's announced but we want to thank you again for your time, man. Ladies and gentlemen, hey, absolutely. Rob Wagner. So before we wrap things up here, we had an amazing card. In my opinion, it, it was the card of the year. You know, and uh, UFC 232 Ooh, over there. The, that's what I mean, you know. what a, UFC has a way of closing out the year in such an they amazing do. fashion. Every card that they have, you know, their last card of the year every year, as far as I can remember, has always been amazing. Uh, this and one, the buildup was just straight crazy. Oh, I know. <laughs> we talked the about that last week. Was it the was... most talked about buildup ever. Ex- well, maybe other, with a few exceptions. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Now, maybe Randall, UFC 200 was close. That and um, you know the Khabib Connor thing. If you look back at the whole yes. bus incident, yeah, that, those are the only other ones I could think about that would come close. Now, you really, you actually had a really interesting experience watching that fight. You were on the strip in yeah. Vegas at a bar, drinking with a couple of the UFC fighters. Uh, now, who were they? Well, I wasn't drinking. Oh, you weren't drinking. You we had were, to drive. We were chilling. Derek Lewis offered me a beer, but I unfortunately had to remind him that I don't drink. So, And plus, I had to go pick up my daughter from the uh, airport, so don't drink and drive, ladies and gentlemen. So, But we had a very good time. Yeah, I was chilling there. Derek Lewis was there. Forrest Griffin, Misha Serkinoff. I hung out with all of them. We chilled. Had a very good time. Uh, there's a ton of people there at Twin Peaks. There was all kinds of people there. Probably like a good thousand people at least. There was only standing room only by the time I was leaving. I left right when uh, John Jones was finishing that fight. And I was walking out to go get my daughter from the airport. So it couldn't have happened at a, or couldn't have finished at a better time. It was just an all-around good experience. Uh, Twin Peaks right on the Strip. It's uh, right there off of... Uh, Las Vegas Boulevard is right there by the Planet Hollywood. It was just an awesome experience. 
And see, that was the thing. With that card, it kind of wrapped up quickly, I noticed. Uh, you know, sometimes the main events here in the state of New York, they don't get going until, you know, around 12.30, 1 o'clock. And it was just after midnight, and that fight was starting. So that was a nice treat for us. Uh, but yes. Really, you know, from, from top to bottom, it was a great card. I mean, you know, at this point, can we uh, can we let go of the whole John Jones past? Or, you know, Randall, what do you think? Um do you see? I don't know about letting to... go of his entire past. Let's let's get through a, a fight card without there being any drama. Okay, let let's start there. Granted, you won. Uh, I'll give you all the credit in the world. You beat Alexander Gustafsson that night. You, you you knocked him out in the third round, two minutes and two seconds into it. It was a dominant performance by John. Um, you can tell he hurt Alex very early in that fight. It was just a very dominant performance by John. What we're used to seeing from John Jones. Now my next question to you is who is next? Who who is the next opponent for him at two oh five? Is it DC? Is well, it somebody like a Anthony Lionheart Smith? Here's What's my next deal, John Jones. Um, I look at somebody like uh, well, let me pull up some records here before I go run in my mouth. But you know, one of the guys I really want to look at and show some love to would be Corey Anderson. Um, he's been blown. Corey Anderson too. But exactly. what about Dominic Reyes? Dominic Reyes, I don't think he's. You know, don't get me wrong. He's been give him Corey Anderson and then tell me that's different. I think we give him overtime. Uh, not overtime. Excuse me. I think we give him. Uh, we give him Lionheart Smith, and we go from there. But you know, no, you look at Corey you gotta Anderson. Give Lionheart Smith, John Jones. He's beat so many guys in the top five recently. Uh, you know, he took out Glover Teixeira when he was ranked in the top five. Alir Latifi. So if he's not thrown into the top five here, there's a problem there. Um, but I think he's done enough to maybe, you know, at this is point. no slouch. And exactly. he dominated Latifi for three rounds. Exactly. Unanimous decision, 29-28, all the way down the scorecards. And that's the thing. At this point, how do you not give him that respect by giving him some sort of a title opportunity? Uh, you can make the debate that maybe he's not ready for it. I know I talked a lot of shit on the last show saying maybe he wasn't you know, in this for the you know, the love of the sport anymore. And, you know, now I can take that back because, once again, I've been shut up very, you know, in a very bad way. He really proved me wrong. And that's something that I like when that happens, you know, when somebody can prove me wrong in that type of way. Um, but as far as, uh, you know, what's next for John Jones, I would like to see that fight. Uh, Corey Anderson's ranked number six right now. Um, I'm, I, that's he'll after jumping. He'll be higher than that. He's got to crack the top no, he five. Just, he uh, the what? That is the was updated what, rankings. Those are updated rankings. Yeah, but I'm saying he should be placed higher than he that. He should be. Alir Latifi was ranked at number nine. He was four. He just dropped four spots. So he was at number five. That's Vulcan Ozdemir jumped to five. All right, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. The, the, um, the rankings still have DC put at number one. So you never know what can happen. It's a, it's a very crazy business. You never know which fight's going to happen next. Yes. As far as Dominic Reyes, though, he's ranked number eight in the world at light heavyweight, so I don't see him being the next shot. Um, if I'm going to play ma- matchmaker here, I see Tiago Santos versus Anthony Lionheart-Smith, winner of that, getting John Jones next. Yeah, no, I, I don't think Anthony Smith has anything else to prove to anybody at this point. I think he is deserving to be the number one contender for John Jones next if Daniel Cormier decides that he does not want a shot at the 205-pound title. 
I, I think that's a fair assumption, but I don't think we're going to see that fight uh, happen. I, I mean, I'd love to see the trilogy, but I don't think it happens. Definitely, but that was just the main event at that night. There oh, was I tons know. of great fights on the undercard. Uriah well, Hall, bro, you called that Uriah Hall. I I'm did. I'm going to have to give it to you. I, you called it. You said he would knock him out. Well, me and uh, fuck Alan both really thought that he was going to lose. And you came out with the, no, he's going to knock him out. And you seen what happened. He completely knocked him out. Let me Third say round, this real quick. A minute quick. and 32 seconds into it. Uriah Hall's, I, this award should be given out, the, uh, the post-fight interview or post-fight speech of the year, goes to Uriah Hall. On a personal level, I support and will always be a fan of anybody who stands up for those with mental illness. And for him to stand there and to do that post-fight interview and to say the things he said really made me you know, a lot more of a fan of him than I already was. And I never had a doubt in him that he was going to go out there and do that. And that's exactly what he did. He went out there and he knocked him out and he showed the Uriah Hall that I knew that he still was. And I think he can continue to go on and do great things. And I really hope he does. Um, but let's talk about the fight that happened just after that. Nathaniel Wood came out and submitted our uh, last week's guest, Andre Yule, in a fight that uh, to me was rather one-sided. No disrespect to Andre or anything like that. But uh, Nathaniel Wood came out there and kind of got those leg kicks going and really established some uh, dominant grappling control. And Andre Yule really did yes. not seem to have a sense of urgency. He seemed to be doing more defensive grappling. He didn't, you know, there was a couple openings there for him to get a couple of slick reversals that he could have, you know, gotten. But I don't know if he was looking for him or maybe it was just something he hadn't trained properly. Um, but I really hope he can sharpen up some of those uh, weak spots that we saw uh, in this uh, fight and, and come back stronger. I definitely think he will. I mean, he's shown the talent that he has. He's got a dangerous left hand, like he already talked about. I mean, the kid's got a whole, whole lot of talent. I just think Nathaniel Wood was definitely the better man that night. The fight that I was really surprised for it was the fight before that Ryan Hall with that. Uh, oh, right after was, that. Oh yeah, the first fight of the. Uh, I was just about yes. to talk about it. You know, and the way that he transitioned that to throw from a Bro, leg kick, was... you know, that that, uh, that little calf kick that he threw there, and then he just kind of, you know, danced like he was going one way and threw himself down into that beautiful roll and caught the leg, and BJ Penn was fucked from the start. And. Yeah. To hear him yell like that, I knew the fight and was over. Just verbal don't understand. Like, casual fans will see that and be like, oh, BJ taps super quick. No, 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 no. That fucking First hurts. Off, Ryan Hall is a master at that heel. You have no idea. Like, Let that me, kid, that is his move. Well, to anybody that says that. That's one. To anybody that says Two, that. Let me fucking put a heel hook on you. That shit is a exactly. brutal type of pain. For somebody <laughs> yeah. as tough as it, BJ Penn to scream like that. It, it, and me, then this is his move. He's practiced this. This is like Ronda in the armbar, you guys. You don't even understand. Ryan Hall in the heel hook is like Ronda in the armbar. Exactly. Now, one thing that really kind of caught me off guard, or um, you know, to counter that point real quick, is uh, Alexi Olenek with his uh, Ezekiel choke, I want to say. Is that him? Does he Ezekiel choke all the time? Like nine, He's got yes. four out of five yes. of them or whatever in the UFC. Yeah, but anyway... To me, what took home, uh, you know, what really kind of confused me with the whole card, and I still don't even know how I want to word this, is Megan Anderson's win over Kat Zingano. Um, oh, bro. What a, a terrible way for that fight to end, and I don't Strange. mean that in a disrespectful way. I've never um, seen that. I haven't either. 
And, you know, it, Mike Winklejohn is missing an eye from yeah. that same exact Michael Bisping, he's got an eye injury from a leg kick. Detached retina, yeah. I mean, that that's no joke. And hopefully everything's all right with Capsigano. Our best, you know, wishes go out to her. Hopefully it's a fast recovery. Maybe those two can run it back at 145. Yeah. I would love to see the matchup personally. That's what I've been saying. I want to see that again. I really like the fact that this fight was booked at 145, and they seem to possibly be building a division there. So yeah. really I'm hoping that that's the case. But um, we'll kind of get back into that here uh, a little bit more here in a minute. Um, a fight that really broke my heart here in the aftermath of it was uh, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Chad Mendez. Volkanovsky Ooh, I came knew out it, there. Bro. I knew it was going to happen. I'm, Volkanovsky's dangerous. 16 wins in a row now. Well, see, the thing that's, that really gets me now is the, that Chad Mendez retired. He said he was doing it win-loss yeah, or done. draw afterwards. And that, to me, you know, I wish he could have ended it on a little bit better of a note. Um, but You know what I love, though? I love that Chad went out the way he wanted to go out, and he went out on his sword. That's exactly. what he wanted to do. He knew win, lose, or draw, I'm going out. This is it. And he went out there swinging. So knowing that he, knowing in his mind, when he walked out that night, that was the last fight he was ever going to have, and the performance that he put on against a young, talented Alexander Volkanovsky, all had my hats off to him. The amazing performance by Chad Mendez. He wasn't able to uh, take care of the young man, but he definitely, definitely earned a lot of respect. And he's got a lucrative business going on, guys. If you don't know about his yeah, hunting his, business, uh, hunting he's business. got all kinds of hunting stuff. He's got a beef jerky line. He's got a hunting YouTube channel. He's got all kinds of shit. So Chad Mendes is definitely going to be very well off. Now, um, we already kind of talked about the uh, Anderson Latifi fight, so we'll move on. Michael Chiesa, kind of, oh, sorry about that, um, but Michael Chiesa's got this Carlos Condit fight. He goes out there and he submits him about a minute into the second round. But and, the way uh, he put that Kamara on with the one arm, yeah. that was dirty. Oh, my goodness. When I seen that and he let go of him and he put pressure on his stomach, which made it the Kamara even tighter, which I've never even seen anyone ever do that. And apparently, like he said in his post-fight interview, that's something he does all the time. Yeah, and I mean, I don't, I don't know if I would make another fight for Chiesa at welterweight, but I think he's got a. Break. I think I would. I think that's a, a, a good home for Chiesa. He he looks big. I don't see a whole lot of guys who are going to be able to. Uh, maybe I mean, obviously Woodley, Usman, the the, the bigger wrestlers, or he's going to have a problem with. But give him. I think he can stand at one seventy. Once Cowboy is good and ready to go, I say maybe that's a good fight for him. You know, Cowboy got hit by a grenade. Yeah, I saw that. Like that fucking like Christmas Eve. Yeah. What the fuck, bro? You thought you had a bad neighborhood. Right? Come yeah. on, now you guys got guns, this guy's got grenades. Fuck that, <laughs> dude, I'm all set. Now, moving on. But anyways, on to the what I think was the fight Upset of the night. Upset of the fucking year. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. I believe I there's would. one more that's still above that. But Amanda Nunez defeats Chris Cyborg in 51 seconds in the first round to solidify herself as the greatest women's mixed martial artist of all time. She's ended her two careers and now has, has yeah. Ronda Rousey, Misha Tate, and Chris Cyborg, including two victories over current flyweight dominant queen Valentina Shevchenko. Exactly. Now, 
I want to bring up a point to you real quick, Ben, that not a lot of people are talking about. Amanda Nunez walked through Misha Tate, correct? Yes. And she walked through Ronda Rousey, correct? Yeah. And now she's walked through Chris Cyborg, correct? Now, well, would you not make an arguable case that Valentina Shevchenko is the number two current pound-for-pound women's MMA fighter right now? Well, see, I mean, I guess you could you could make that argument, but I, there's a lot of things that you know would have to happen for me to be able to actually say those words. And number one would be she would have to have a fight with somebody else that would be considered another great in women's MMA. And obviously the Ronda Rousey fight isn't going to happen. Joanna? I wouldn't hold my breath for her to fight uh, Chris Cyborg anytime soon. As far as the Joanna fight went, she's already beat her ass three times before that fight, so I wasn't really too surprised there. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could make that argument, but I would have to respectfully disagree. But definitely, like you said, a huge upset. Amanda Nunez walked in there, and she just she took her out. That's what I mean. And there's no point. It was there's that no first big it. shot. It set the hole. Yes. And here's and the thing for me. Kick, that leg kick, too. Yeah. That leg kick threw Cyborg all off. Well, she everybody was saying. do that to her before. Everybody was saying, well, look at Cyborg's weight cut and the, the blah, 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 blah. No. There was a three-pounded oh, difference. A little insider information. So before this fight started, I had stopped uh, Mr. Forrest Griffin in passing, and him and I started chatting. And I said, who do you got in this co-man event? And he said, you know what? I've never seen Amanda Nunes look this nervous and not so confident before she came into a fight. And he was like, I wonder if that'll play a factor. And then him and I sat there and watched the fight, and uh, we just looked at each other in amazement 51 seconds later. That's what I mean. I was watching it with my uh, over at my brother's house, and... Uh, a friend of mine, James, said right before but the fight, he goes, I guarantee you she is going to shock the world. And uh, at the I start of the card, I said, as far as Cyborg Nunez goes, I see it being a one-sided affair. I'm just not sure which side. And it was. That first big shot and, that, like you said, that leg kick really set the tone for the rest of the fight. And, uh, you know, Amanda Nunez just went in there and, and she recognized that she had her hurt. So she kept swinging. And Cyborg yeah, did what out. she shouldn't have done. She she went back a few years in her own career and just rushed in. And it's another one of those, you rush in, you get caught. Because when you're rushing in and you're already yeah. hurt, you make stupid mistakes. And that's what she did. And I probably shouldn't say that because I, you know, obviously. Do you think there will be a rematch? I think there should be. And I don't want to say that. As, as much as I do want to, because everybody's caught up in this idea that there has to be a title rematch. That if a champion loses, they get that. No, that's a WWE theory, all right? Get that I shit right out of your fucking head. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I absolutely agree with you if you are a placeholder champion. But if you are somebody who has defended your title multiple times... Th- that's why I say I, I want to see her get like the rematch. DJ, like DJ, for instance, if he wouldn't have got traded to one FC... You give he that should rematch. Be getting the next fight against Henry, okay? Yeah. Also in the same situation with Cyborg, I believe she. Also, I feel like Stipe Miocic is the long-awaited, overdue number one contender in the heavyweight division, and he deserves his rematch with Daniel Cormier. Well, he has the record for most title defenses. How would you not give him that? 
Exactly. But that's for another discussion and another time. Right now, we are going to honor the champ champ, the queen of women's MMA, Amanda Nunez. And, um, see, to me, what the best part of the night um, was that watching Amanda Nunes lay in the center of the octagon and, and cry so those emotional. tears. Yeah. Yes. To me, that was the best moment because as a person, if you did not feel good for her, you don't have a soul. Yeah. No, and, I'm not even a huge Amanda Nunes fan. I mean, but you, how do you not feel good for Exactly. Her Look at how much... How, you know, how do you not? You're not human if you don't. It's like, you know, even if you didn't like DC when he beat story. Stipe, even if you didn't like Connor when he beat Eddie, and you know what? The thing that I really like about this, and it, Chips, it's, Chips. it's putting a lot of, you know, positive light on the LGBTQ plus community. Um, she is the first openly gay double champ. I want to say she was the yes. first uh, openly yes. gay uh, champion in the women's mixed martial arts for the UFC. And it's giving a really good light sports. to that to that community, and I really like seeing that. So that's just another positive thing that's happening. I really look forward to seeing what's next from her. If it's not that rematch with Cyborg, I kind of want to see a third fight with Shevchenko, but you never know. We'll see what happens when we get there. Um, Definitely. But moving on, now this main event. Let me give you my opinion on this question I'm going to ask you, Randall, before I get yours. Do we put John Jones in that discussion for greatest of all time? And to me, the answer to that question is not yet. And the reason that I say that is yes, he went through and he, you know, he's undefeated 23 and, you know, one disqualification loss to Matt Hamill. You know, however you want to spin that, be my guest. That's your your job, not mine. Um, but I think he still has to you know, redeem himself a little bit more. Um, I hate to be that guy, you know, and you guys can call me out and do whatever. But after all the accusations and all the, the, the just the shit that's followed John Jones throughout his entire career, I'd like to see him defend this title a few more times. You know, clean, no issues, no mistakes, just your average, like it was before. You know, like the, you know, the lead-up to the Rampage fight, that was fun. That's the type of lead-ups for fights that I want from John Jones. Not picograms and fucking disrespecting media press members. I want to see the John Jones that's laughing and smiling and, you know, carrying on because he wants to try to hype the fight, not the one that's defending himself because he accidentally pissed hot or on purpose he pissed hot. That's your job to decipher that as well. I didn't go to weekend chemistry school like most of you guys did, so I don't have that weekend degree to be able to say whether or not he did it or not. But I think John Jones, in order to be the greatest of all time again, has to do you know win a few more fights and do it clean. Randall, your opinion. Now, if you take out everything outside of the octagon that he has done, and you just look at every his body of work inside the octagon. He has taken out current one heavyweight champion, Brandon Vera, current Bellator light heavyweight champion and possible heavyweight champion, Ryan Bader, Quentin Rampage Jackson, Shogun Hua, Leota Machida, Rashad Evans, Vitor Belfort, Chael Sonnen, Alexander Gustafson now twice, Glover Teixeira, OSP, 
and Daniel Cormier twice. He beat twice. It, yeah, it's the who's who if of combat sports in the upper weight classes. That, if you look at all of that and collectively put aside the rest of the bullshit, how do you not consider him one of the greatest pound-for-pound fighters right now? With all the bullshit aside, I do. I do. But I want to... The bullshit can't be put aside. You know what I mean? You can't just Understood. take a person's baggage and throw it in the dumpster. That's not... Yes. It's not possible. You know, now, if we can get through a fucking card, like I said earlier, without any fucking questions, that would be great. Let's do that. Okay? That like, That's the start of everything. You know, here's Let's the thing for me. next fight with somebody. I get the money. Go ahead. And I get the, the whole money and the talent and the fame aspect of things, but do you read the fucking warning labels on this shit before, you, like, some of these banned substances before you put it in your fucking body will cause cancer? Yeah, if you don't get the you bottles with the warning labels on it. But that's the fucking problem, man. It's like <laughs> the shit that you're putting into your body. You know, like man. you look at that and you're like, oh, this is fine. That's like the first guy that looked at a turkey and was like, I bet this would be good with a loaf of bread up its ass. You know what I mean? Hey, look at this shit that causes cancer. I bet this would be really good in my bloodstream. No, like juicing is probably the stupidest fucking thing you could do for yourself as a person and as an athlete. And that's why I say he needs to come back and redeem himself a little bit more. But you know, as you said, bullshit aside, you can't you can't deny him. As being one of the greatest of can't all time. Deny what he's done. Yeah, you can't. But even with the bullshit there, you still can't deny what he's done. You can make an argument that those helped, whatever, you know, that's once again, that's on you. You make Granted. that decision. Hold on. Hold on. If everybody was using, if everyone was allowed to use, there was no USADA in the well, game. Well see that's today, the thing. If everybody John was Jones allowed would to still use still be undefeated. I understand. I he's Yes or no? Do you agree or disagree with me? If everybody in the UFC was using right now and everything was allowed, 100%, you could do whatever you want. John Jones would still be undefeated. I don't. You see, that's one of those things. I don't like MMA math for that exact reason. It's like. You don't have to look at the MMA math. Look at the body of work that the man has put out. Well, look, also look at the substances that you're talking about letting, you know, in this hypothetical you don't situation. Think he fought, he Belfort at UFC 152 juiced. Oh, yeah, that's not... People look like he was a goddamn crackhead. Oh, he, he was, was radioactive for that fight, but that's not the point. You know what I mean? What I'm saying is... Quentin Rampage Jackson you don't had know how some the of these, out of here. You don't know how some of these guys of this new breed of MMA, I guess is what you'd want to call it, would perform on these substances. You don't know exactly you know, what Dominic Reyes' hands would be like, you know, for example, or how Alexander Gustafson would be on that shit. You just don't know. Without them actually Speaking taking guys, I heard he wants to go to heavyweight now. Ooh, that would be fucking yeah, awesome. I think it would be another Daniel Cormier situation where his He's power just becomes dude. more He's plentiful. Really yeah. I think he Real could tall. be a dominant force at, at, uh, at heavyweight. I think he'd come in around 250 pounds and just fucking piss pound people. I think 255, he'd be solid. Oh, yeah. He'd look like he was carved a fucking stone. Man, that, would, yeah. that would be a good move for him. Totally. And, and, um, and what's on the horizon? What do we got next? Just that ESPN Plus card. That's that the ESPN January, Plus correct? card. Guys, we will be talking about that a little bit more in detail next week with John Anik. He will be joining us on the show, as well as uh, Travis Streeter and Bob Buskey are going to sit down and do their Cage Wars interviews with us. And hopefully, if we have time, we're going to get them together to let them uh, see what they have to say to each other. So we'll get that all organized and everything for next week. 
But before we wrap things up, I always just want to share some love to our sponsors. Uh, real quick, Michelle Luce of MMAWreckage.com. Without you, you would this wouldn't be possible. So thank you for everything you've done for us. Yes, uh, thank you. Always head over to MMAWreckage.com, guys. That's our leading site for MMA news. You can always go there and we find out everything you need to know. great writers like Nick Peralta. Oh, yeah, Nick is the stuff. best. Yeah. And uh, Michelle does some writing for out, there. Guys. And, uh, you know, everything she does as a person, a, a mother, she goes to school and works and, and manages and maintains groups. It's really impressive. So, you know, hats off to you for that. Uh, BrokeDick.com, guys. The 120 milliliter bottles. The, the deal has changed. Instead of them being 23 a piece, buy one get one free and 23 dollars free shipping. They are now 11.50 a piece, and anything over 23 dollars is free shipping. So you're still say, you're still paying that same price. It's just a different setup. They have now released all of the bankroll flavors in 120 milliliter bottles. Those are going for 15 a piece, and uh, you guys can adjust the uh, nicotine milligram on that as you guys see fit. Uh, just once again, we want to share some love to Dave Manley of MMABobblehead.com. Always head over there and check those out. Yes. He's got that Cowboy Cerrone check bobblehead is the newest one, and it looks phenomenal. So make sure you go over totally. there get the autographed edition. All the Chuck Liddell autographed ones are gone. Uh, T-Cities, you said, was out last week, Randall? Or is oh, getting close? Almost gone. Almost, almost gone. gone. So, so if you're you a fan of one, you got to go yeah, now. Cheryl, if you're listening to the show, you better get that bobblehead if you don't already have one, if you want that autographed. She probably got like a whole pile around her room. That yeah, she's got like sixty. She got <laughs> that's why they're almost gone. She got a bulk order in on those. There we go. She got the pre-order down. <laughs> and I just you know I've been saying it all night, but Tim a Cage Wars, amazing guy, just uh, he, one of the best at what he does. And I I really can't wait for for Cage Wars to take off on more of a national or international level because Tim is one of those guys that. You know, when you look at Dana White and you get pissed at some of those shitty things that he does, like uh, at the last press conference and that guy asked him about the income taxes, and he goes, well, who's going to pay my income taxes? Tim would not let that shit happen. You know what I mean? Tim is just a stand-up guy. He's in it for, you know, he, lo- he loves his fighters. Because at the end of the day, they're the reason that it's all able to be, you know, a thing. And without them, none of this would be here. And Tim recognizes that, and he takes care of his guys. And all the people that we've had on before and all the ones we have in the future will say the same thing, that Tim takes care of his guys. So I really can't wait for this uh, to take off on a more of a you know, national or international level, and that's why I'm telling you guys to make sure you tune in to that pay-per-view. February 9th, yeah. if you guys are local to Saturday. the area, tickets are available, cagewarsny.com, and the pay-per-view for $14.99 will also be available on cagewarsny.com. So make sure you guys get over there and get that going. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you guys next week.